Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. From whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then say to these things? Underline that word things. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's just shouting right there. (laughs) And you get to think about it. When this world comes up against you, there's a God that stands with you and nothing can compare. He says, no weapon has been conformed to come against the child of God. I'm saying, if God stands with you, is God before you, who can be against you? He said that, uh, he said, what shall then we say these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not be with him? Also freely give us all things. Underline that. Who shall lay anything? Underline that. The charge of God elect. It is God that justifies. I'm so glad that it's God that justifies. He is who that condemneth. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather than that he that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, pearls, or sword? He's saying, who's can, who can separate you from the love of God? As it is written, for thy sake we're all killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, underline that, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things, underline, present, nor things to come. For the death, height or death, nor any creature shall be able to separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, and encourage us tonight, Lord. Maybe the words be said to be a blessing to someone. Maybe someone is needing this, Lord. I know I needed it, and I thank you and praise you, Lord. Empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Tonight I want to preach on that word. You say, what word? Things. Things? You say, you're going to preach on things? Yeah. You can leave here tonight and say your preacher preached on things. What things? Oh, all things. (laughs) All things. He preached about anything. Paul uses the word things seven times in the last 12 verses of this chapter. Uh, The things that he encompassed in this chapter. The things he's mentioned encompass some of the greatest doctrine of the Romans of chapter 8, which in turn are some of the greatest doctrines in the Bible. 
You realize when you got saved, you got more than in on the little end. You got in on the big end of something great. When we got saved, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I was scared to death that I was going to die and go to hell without God. I was on my way to hell, and I needed to be forgiven. I, I wanted the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I, I heard Jesus said he'll forgive you of your sins, so I repented, and the would, he would save me, and I did that, and God saved me. But that wasn't the end of it. That's not the end of the story when God saves you. We get a whole lot more than just fire insurance tonight. That's just one of the apples in the bushel. All you think is, I, I, I got saved, I ain't going to hell. It's just a small part of God did in your life. What God is doing and the whole realm of what somebody that is doing everything in your eternity life and even in your present life. I say there will be many things that come into your life. Some good things, some bad things, and some awful things. But you can count on this. Things are not catching God off guard. It does not surprise him. He is not finding out yesterday what happened. It does not. He, he's working things out for the good of our, our, our good and for his glory tonight. There are four different types of things that I want to give you tonight and we'll go home. He said all things twice. Verse 28, and we know that all things work toward the good. In verse number 32, he said, He said, Separate not his own son, but delivered him up uh, us all. How shall we be not with him? Also, freely give us all things. Two of the greatest promises in the scripture to the child of God tonight is found in verse 28 and verse 32, where Paul uses those two words together all things, all things. Can I tell you this? We need to highlight each and every one of them, underline it, circle, because there are two greatest promises of a child of God in the Word of God. You, you cannot run across anything so great as these two promises. God is doing something in your life. God is going to do something with you. We know that all things work together is simply for those that have put their faith in Christ who love the Lord for good to them that love God, he said. Talking about all, all those that are saved. Later on he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of God? So if you are in Christ, you can count on this. It's all going to work out. <laughs> it's all going to work out. It's all going to work. I don't know about you, but that's shouting right there. Knowing that everything in my life, no matter what I face, no matter what trial I go through, it's all going to work out. Because I'm telling you this, all things. You say, preach all things. Yeah, all things. If you're saved tonight, all things eventually are going to work out for your good and for His glory. Thank you, you say disease? Yep. You say divorce? Yep. You say depression? Yep. 
You, you, you say heartaches, yep. You say pain, yep. You say uh, trials, yep. You say uh, uh, preacher, I, 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 I want you to explain all this detail about all things. What are you talking about? I, I can't tell you how it works out. I don't know how it works out. I can't explain how it works out. But it is a promise of faith in God that it will work out. If you believe that promise, I can stand here and tell you, explain how God is going to turn uh, all those things that's in your life in your favor for you. How God is going to uh, uh, take all those loose strings in your life and tie them together and make it come out in your good tonight. We all have loose strings hanging around. You look back in your life, you can see that where God took things in your life and bundled them together and made it come out for your good, for His glory in your life. It's everything's His plan. It's in His plan. I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't do it with that. But I know looking at the Scriptures, and I know the Bible says He's going to do that for us. I don't have to figure out all the promises of God. I'm not called to understand all the promises of God. But I am called to believe and trust in the promises of God. And I believe that we know that all things work together for good for them that love God. You read the story of Jacob. He gave his son Joseph the coat of many colors. They call him the dreamer. His brothers got jealous about him when he went out to show his brothers what he'd done. They took and took him and took the coat from him and put him in a pit and sold him into slavery. And they took blood and put it on the coat and they brought it to the dad and said, is this your son's coat? And he looked at it and said, yes. They said, well, a wild beast must have ate him in the field. He's gone no more. Then Diana, his daughter, had done some things that she shouldn't have done. Then Reuben, his son, slept with one of his own concubines. And it was all this trouble that came into Jacob's life. And Jacob got out and he'd go outside his tent. He'll look up in the stars. He said, God, uh, you, you, are the, you are the master of this world. You, you created the beast. Why did you let all this happen in my life? Why did you bring all this on my life? Why, God? I just don't understand why, God, you let this happen in my life he was upset he was a father the Bible said he went out looked up and he said this all these things are against me he said all this is against me all this going against me it's all working against me but nothing could have been farther from the truth if you read the story of Jacob you go through to Jacob when Jacob walked outside and looked up at heaven and said, God, why are you letting all these things? God was on the other end working things out for glory. And then God sent the famine to come in. They didn't have food to feed their family. The things were happening. But through all the tragedy and through all the heartache, Joseph was down in Egypt. He went from the pit to the palace. God was taking all those things that seemed to be against Jacob 
The master weaver was weaving things that we can't see, that we can't get a hold of. And I, sometimes we look at it as our life. I don't understand, God, why are you letting this happen in my life? I don't understand, God, why I'm having to face this, why I'm going through this. But we don't see God on the other end working things out for our good. He says, I, all things work out for the good of for God, though love God. He says, I, I, I'm working things out for you. Jacob couldn't see that, but Joseph was there, and Joseph was sitting on the throne and then I brought the kids down and the family down. It worked out for his good. Can I say it's not working out according to your plan? I'll tell you uh, that it's when it gets hard to believe. Romans 8, 28. When God doesn't do it like we want it done. It's, it's hard to believe I'm all about eight, Romans 8, 28, when everything's going the way I expect it to go. The way I see it going, the way I understand it to go. I'm all about Romans 8, 28. But when God starts doing it his way, and God starts doing it, things I don't understand, I don't like, I don't agree with, then I don't know all about that Romans 8, 28. God is not doing your plan. God is not doing things on your timetable. Lazarus gets sick. They sent message to Jesus, say, Lazarus, whom you love, is dying. It didn't move Jesus. He never moved. He never done anything. And finally he died and the word came to Jesus and he said, Lazarus has died. And this would John, in John 11, Jesus said, when they came and told him, Jesus, Lazarus was dead. And Jesus said, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Wait a minute. Jesus, if you'd have been there, you could have touched him. He said, but I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there. He said, why doesn't God do this thing on our timetable? Because he does it on our timetable, he will not get the glory. Listen, when they sent word to Jesus, lives were sick, and either went right then and there, touched him in his bed, and healed him right then and there, Jesus wouldn't have got the glory. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to get the glory because they're going to put him in a grave. And then I get there. I'm going to bring him out of that grave. I'm going to show him the power that I have. I am the resurrection. Well, I understand. Yeah, on that great day, we're all going to raise up. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. Why doesn't God do things on our timetable? Because we don't give God the glory when we get it done the way we want it. We have all things with him. All things with him. The Bible said, He that not sparing his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We have all things with him. I want y'all to understand something. The freely giving of all things is directly tied to being with him I get nothing from God outside of him 
The only reason why God even looks at this old sinner, this old Gentile dog, dog that I am, is because of him. I don't have anything to do with my salvation. I don't have anything to do with God. I'm not even able to converse with God. He said, now how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I have no claim to relationship with God tonight. I'm a reprobate dog tonight. How can I claim to have a relationship with God? We ought to have gone to hell without God. I have no claim to get a glorified body. I have no claim of the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only Son. I have no claim to forgiveness. I have no claim to heaven. I have no claim to all that God has got for me. But I'm going to get it. <laughs> I, I'm going to get it. Why? Because of Him. It is everything that you get from God is directly tied to being in Him. And if you're in Him, you get everything that He gets. All things. I don't get all things because I'm with Him. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. It said, The Lord with Him freely give all things. Now, this doesn't bless you. Something wrong with you. Everything that he's entitled to, I'm entitled to. Don't believe me? Look at verse number 16 of chapter 8. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17. And if the children then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Why am I entitled to get what he gets? Because I am in him. I'm bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, blood of his blood. I'm adopted into the family of God. And whatever he gets... Oh, praise God, I get. I'm entitled because who he is and because I trust in him. I don't deserve it. I know I don't. But I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Not because of me, not because of what I've done, because of what he's done. I'm freely to get all things with him. You know, there's three ways to get into a family. You could be born into a family. You can, you can be adopted into a family. You can be beloved into family. I know people, parents, that adopted children. They adopted them. In fact, let me just give you this little fact out there. You could have two children of your own and you go adopt one child uh, from a home. Uh, uh, you can disown your two natural born children, but you never can disown that adopted child. You can never. Uh, you, you can be beloved in the family of God. I got in on all three ways. <laughs> I got born in, 
beloved in and I got adopted in. Amen. I read a story about old Roman guy a long time ago. He had a son and was about like the prodigal son. His son just rebelled against his father. He just rebelled against him, didn't want to listen to his father, just ran away from his father. And his father was getting old and got to the point that his father had a lot of money, had a lot of land, had everything. But the son was just didn't want no part of his daddy's life. So the son got word that his father was dying. So his son run back to the home and says, daughter, I'm home. But the son came with wrong intention. The son came to get what he could get. He said, uh, his father looked at him and said, son, he had a servant that had been with him the whole time named Marcellus. He said, uh, son, I'm leaving everything I got to Marcellus. He's been with me all this time. All this, everything that I've been through, he's been through with me. He's been by my side. He's never left me. He's been always there with me. But I'm going to tell you what, son, I'm going, to do, I'm going to give you this. You can have one thing out of all of my inheritance. You can have one, whatever one thing that you want, you can have. Whatever you desire, that one thing I will give to you. Your son got to step back and look at him, think about it, and say, hmm, one thing, one thing. He looked at his dad, and dad says, what do you want? He looks at I want Marcellus. I want Marcellus. Because who has Marcellus has all. He has everything the Father has. That's who I want. Amen. You've got, you've got Jesus Christ. Whatever the Father has, you've got it. Amen. You don't give it up. You've got it with you. It is a part of your thing. I, I, I'm birthed into the family of God. I'm born in the family of God. And I'm beloved in the family of God. And whatever he's entitled to, I'm entitled to it too. Not because of who I am or what I am, but because I am in him. He is in me. Join heirs. Join heirs. Praise God. If that don't make you want to just shout something wrong with you, your cereal done got too wet, you can't eat it anymore. Amen. I, I'm, I'm telling you, all things, all things we're going to get. We see all things, but we see also assorted things. Verse number 31. What shall we say to these things? These assorted things. If God be before us, who could be against us? Verse 37. Nay, in all these things, assorted things, were more than conquerors through him that loved us. What are, what are these things? Paul said these things twice. What are these things? These things in verse 31, these verse, verse 37, these things would be the previous things that Paul had written about in the chapter. If you go back to chapter, verse 1 of chapter 8 and start reading the first 13 verses, Paul is talking about that. What he had been previously establishing, uh, what these assorted things are. First thing we find, we find the struggle with the flesh. Paul said that we shall say to these things, nay, in all things, in the first 13 verses of chapter 8, the first 13 verses are just continuation of chapter 7, 
Paul talks about the war and the struggle with the flesh. If you had just turn back to chapter 7, look at chapter 7. Verse number 21, chapter 7. Paul says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. When I want to do something right, there's evil right there. It ain't going nowhere. For I delight in the law of God. There's something else. There was that inward man. There's that inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity of the law of sin. Which is in my members. I love this verse 24. If Paul the greatest Christian walked this planet said, oh, wretched man that I was. No, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul says, I have a problem with Paul. And brother, let me just tell you, I got a problem with me tonight. If you sit here thinking you've got everything conquered in your body and your flesh, I'm just going to tell you, you need to run to the altar and say, Lord, kill me, kill me, because I ain't got it right. I don't have it all right tonight. We see the assorted things, the suffering in the flesh. Paul, in verse 8, chapter 8, 8, verse 18, Paul says, I reckon. He was country boy. He was the southern tribe of Benjamin. He was a country boy. I, I reckon that, that suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 22, he talks about the creation groaning in pain. In verse 23, he says, And not only they, but they also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, Grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to the wit, the redemption of our body. He talks about the suffering of tribulations, distress, persecutions, famine, nakedness, pearls and swords. He talks about that. He's talking about all that suffering that you and I face in life. How in the world can that be a blessing? In both verses... He talks about these things, these assorted things. But at the end of each verse, he says, what do you say to these things? What do you say to those tribulations? What do you say to that? What do you say to these assorted things? This is what you say to suffering in the flesh. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's what you tell the assorted things. If God could be for us, who could be against us? What do you say to struggling with the flesh? I, I can't seem to break this habit. I can't seem to break this bondage. I, I can't seem to break this addiction. I can't seem to shake the struggles of the flesh. I, I can't even get over the struggles that I'm going through in life right now. What did I say to those things in verse 37? Nay, in all things, all these things, the assorted things in life, what do we say to that? We're more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. That's what you tell those things. What do we say when we are struggling in the flesh? What do we say when we are struggling with all these things? 
we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We say, God, if before us, who can be against us? You are a conqueror tonight. There, there is no struggle in your flesh. There's no suffering in your flesh that God cannot get you through. God cannot get you over. God cannot get you around in your life. You may think it's, you may think it's dark and gloomy. I don't see how I can get through it. I don't know how I can make it through. It seems like the weight of the world's on my shoulders. But I'm telling you, you are more than conquerors. If God be for you, how can these things, these assorted things, be against you? If he's big enough to raise the dead, he's big enough to raise you through the struggles in your life tonight. Amen. The assorted things. How, how can I break this habit? How, how can I break these sin that I have? How, how can I get the joy back in my life that I desire? In the midnight hour, when it's dark upon my life, and I'm by myself, I don't think nobody cares, nobody's around. What what I say to myself then? What what I say when all these assorted things coming against me? I just look and say, if God be before me, who can be against me? I'm more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And when you get that in your heart, when you get that in your mind, oh, there is nothing in this world that can come against you as a child of God. You're going to face these things. You're going to face all the adversities of life. You're going to face all these things, these sordid things in your life. But God said you'll make it. You'll get over it. You'll come through it. See these things, sordid things. We see anything, anything. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Paul said, who can lay anything to the charge of God? As far as God sees it. Get a hold of this. As far as God sees it, and I'm directly tied in with Him. I'm in Him and He's in me. As far as God sees it, and He's the one that justifies, there's no charge against me. <laughs> there ain't no charge against me. Hey, all that sin in my past, all the sin in my present, all the sin in my future. No, there's no charge. Who can charge it against me? It is God who justifies. And as far as God sees it, we're, we're, we're tight. <laughs> we're, we're tight. We got it, we got it together. We, we got it together. Who can charge God's elect? It's God to justify. As far as God sees, there's not anything charged against me. As far as it comes to paying the penalty of sin when I die, well, I wish everybody in this world could get a hold of this. As far as it comes to paying the penalty of sin for when I die, it's already been paid. 
at the cross of Calvary. God took my sins and imputed. You say, well, how can it be your future sins? Now, get a hold of this. Get this in your heart. Get this in your mind. I was not there when he was crucified. So every sin I had then, from that time on was future sin. That was my future sin. And that, God said, hey, my, my past, my present, my future sin. It's been paid because I am here. We're tied together. We're, we're, we're in him and he's in us. So when we die, our sin penalty has already been paid. But if you're not in him, if you're not in him, then somebody's got to pay the penalty of sin. Bible says that we're going to stand for God, the judgment. We're going to stand for Him and get an account of all the deeds we've done in our body. And let me just say this. Wouldn't it be something you standing for all powerful God? Jesus Christ is doing the ruling. It tells us in Revelation, He says, Jesus is the one sitting on the throne telling people, get apart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you, and cast him to the lake of fire. But when you stand before Him, you stand there and it's opened up. There's no charge against you. Somebody had to pay. Somebody has to pay the penalty of sin. And I thank God that when he went to that cross of Calvary and God put my sin upon him because he died on the cross for all past sins, all present sins, and all future sins. Can I say this? That does not give you free liberty to keep on sinning. I just want to throw that out there because some people got that so crazy mixed up. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace abound more? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin Live any longer therein. We ought to hate sin more now that we're born again than we ever have before in our life. It ought to just cringe your stomach every time you think about something you shouldn't think about. Every time you say something you shouldn't say about. It ought to just bring you to tears to think God died on the cross and you still act that way. Something is wrong with you. I'm a born again child of God. I make mistakes. And it puts me to shame. It puts me to shame. But God loved me. There's no penalty. There's no charge to me. But then there's no condemnation. In verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yes, rather than he is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also make an intercession for you and I? Listen to this. I want you to get this right here and get it right now. Satan will try to condemn you, put you under condemnation. Romans 8, I love Romans 8. Who is that condemneth us? There's therefore no condemnation to which them that love Christ Jesus. The devil will try to condemn you, convict you.
Who condemns? It's Christ who died to condemns. It's not the devil. In other words, he's saying Jesus Christ is the judge. Acts said God had appointed a day in which we will be judged. The world righteous that by man whom he ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath risen him from the dead. God. There's no condemnation in Christ. Paul said, who is it that condemned? Jesus Christ. He's not condemning us. He died. Do you know that's a blessing in there? When I stand for God, I don't have to worry about the charges against me. There is no condemnation toward me. We see anything. Then we see the approaching things in verse number 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Who knows what's coming next? Who knows what's coming next? Let me ask you a question. If four years ago somebody had come up and told you what was going, we would have to go through for the next four years, you would have said, you out of your blooming mind. You're crazy. Yeah. If we had no idea what's coming next. Man once said, the world is an insane asylum. And the inmates are running it. The head nut is in charge. We, we have no idea. If we had any idea, any inkling we, in four years ago that we would have to walk around with masks on, uh, do this or do that, uh, it really would have blown our minds. We would have said, you were crazy. We had no idea what was coming. But it came. But it came. Now, I, I, I don't understand people. I have seen people riding in cars by themselves with masks. <laughs> Scared you're going to give yourself something? I've seen them out in the yards by themselves with masks on. Are you scared? We didn't know this was coming. We, we didn't know our society would be the way the society is today. So with all that, who knows what comes next? Who knows what's coming next? But the same God that sits with us in the good times, the same God that helps us through the troubles, it be the same God that sits with us in a prison cell, sitting with us on the chopping block. It's the same God. They may come and pull you out and say, hey, you can't do that no more. But it's the same God that lifts me up. The same God that encouraged me. The same God says, hey, nothing can come against you. Death may come to this body, but let me tell you what, death is nothing but a stepping stone into heaven. Praise God. Yeah. 
I'm not worried about this world. I don't care about this world anymore. Bring whatever they want to bring. Let it come on because God is still in charge. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Not this world and for sure not a government. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. All I know is this. If you had trusted in Christ, born again, you're in the family. Not one thing coming. Not one thing coming. I don't care how wicked it gets, how troublesome it gets, how ungodly it gets. Nothing and divide me and separate me from him because I am in him. Nothing can divide him, me and separate him from me and his love. Nothing. We may go through some dark waters, persecution time. We may go through those things, but you can count on this. God is going to go through them with you. Thank you, Lord. you say, what if I get killed? <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> Woo! Y'all done me a favor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just, just, can I say this? I used to be afraid of death. I, I woke up many a nights before I got really with God, shaking, fearing, sweating, seeing myself in a coffin. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to die. I was scared to death of dying. But boy, when I got saved again, Lord, if that's the way you can get me home, take me on now. Take me on now. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I don't fear it no more because he is with me. Every step that I, <laughs> every step that I take, he takes one ahead of me. <laughs> you say, why not beside you? No, because he's going ahead of me preparing the way. <laughs> I, I, I'm leading you. If he's leading you and you know his voice and you're following him, he says, I'll go the way and prepare the way before you. And you follow him. Hey, no matter what comes at you, because Christ has already gone before you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Anything, all things, these things, he is with you through them all. Amen. You are a winner either way. If I go or if I stay, because I'm a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Mm, right there. Says it all right there. I'm a winner either way. Praise the Lord. 